And we're live. I am recording from home. This cold open, whatever open, I don't know. What do you call it in the podcast room? Anyway, now that I am recording, I have (laughs) forgotten what I wanted to say. So this is fun already. Um, Let's recap the weekend. Let's recap the weekend. I had two shows. Um, I am not going to say which shows they were because on one show, everything went bad. <laughs> not, not in like the show itself. Like the show itself was actually fantastic. And um, you know what? I'm just going to fucking say it. New Texas Pro Wrestling on Saturday was an amazing show. The locker room was phenomenal uh everybody brought it um the crowd was hot i mean if we're being completely honest it seemed like a little slow build for that crowd um but i feel like that's just that crowd like they they are just enjoying the action and then once they started warming up um it was amazing like easy easy night not to mention amazing wrestling of course everybody on that card um my match at Heavy Metal Friday was a much-needed match for me. Um, I hadn't, at least at Heavy Metal, it's been one month since I've been there, and I think I've taken one, maybe two bookings in between that. So I hadn't wrestled in front of a crowd for one month, really, um, especially at a home promotion like that. And I was nervous. I was really nervous. I wrestled uh, Chris Carter. Uh, young up-and-comer in the Houston area who um, I have nothing but immense respect for. He's a young guy. Um, he's in his early 20s. Um, who I see this, a lot of myself in when I was his age. <laughs> that was only like seven years ago. But when you when you have growth especially exponential growth in your personal life and in yourself, it's kind of hard to see sometimes. But when you, when you actively actually have um, a quote unquote avatar (laughs) of your past um, living, breathing beside you, it's kind of easy to see. So um, yeah, this kid really brought it, man. He, there was some like forgetting behind baseball. There was some little iffy stuff in there, um, but nothing too big to where I'm worried. You know what I mean? Or I was worried. Um, it was an amazing, amazing experience, and I'm glad I, I had it with him. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I thought about quitting wrestling that previous week. I had. Um, worked a match it was going well and then i had a botch a really bad botch and not i'm sure botches happen i've botched almost every match but this botch was really defeating as in i have no idea like what i'm doing and it hurt you know nobody everybody say if i didn't hurt anybody um it was me really but it hurt my pride it hurt my ego and it's just, you know, it's just one of those deals. We're always hard on our, ourselves, right? I feel like everybody can relate to that. And 
this match with uh, Chris Carter right before I walked out. Um, I had been at that promotion for a month. Um, I forget who I told, but I was like, man, that would suck if I come out and I just get like a, you know, hey, hey, he's back, you know, lukewarm reception, you know. Um, and I came out, uh, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, and I don't want to oversell it, but I feel like the place kind of came unglued, you know, like they stood up, there was like a holy shit, you know. Um, people were genuinely happy, genuinely happy to see me there. Um, so I fed off the energy and I, I um, just went in there and I did what I think I'm born to do, which is entertain and uh, to wrestle. Segway that into the next night, I'm riding high on confidence. Like, yeah, man, this is amazing. I'm wrestling with uh, T. Ray Watford, uh, big old T. Ray, or <laughs> T. Rash, as I like to call him. <laughs> Um, and Max Heights, who's, man, dude, that guy's oh, God, amazing. Two of the top dogs in that company, and I get to share the ring with them. Um, thank you so much for that opportunity. Um, and then I, I get to wrestle some, um, for lack of a better term, very green people. Um, three of them, at least. The other one being, uh, the fourth person being Tommy Bolton, who I love dearly. And... Um, would love to work more of actually it's always a good time when i'm in the ring with him man it's always fun and even if stuff like doesn't go according to plan we always uh have this moment in the ring and we're like yeah well this is what it is now and we're just gonna do something else and it's he's very professional and a pro what he does man it's really fun and strong as shit oh my god dude's so strong deceptively strong he's a big hefty boy but you know yeah he's yeah superhuman almost and uh these three, these three green guys, um, I don't want to, I'm not burying them in any way. I've been in their shoes. Like, I think that's the story I'm trying to tell here is it's easy to go throw stuff in the back. It's easy to curse them out. It's, it's easy to show hey man i got the biggest dick in the locker room um it's easy to do that but it's it's harder to actively sit them down look them in the eye and tell them hey i <laughs> there's some stuff we need to talk about you know um at least for me because i hate confrontation even in i mean everything's right you know with me I, I hate com confronting people. It's just my anxieties. Um, but, I, you know, I've been in their shoes. I, I've been in their shoes to where, like, hey, it's a bigger show than what you're used to working. Um, and, and put a pin in that because I have, I have a, a weird sentiment about that. But, um, you know, there's a lot more eyes. There's, you know, it's going to be broadcast on a certain – uh, streaming services uh, and not that I'm anybody or anything but you know these guys were working people that been around the block a few times and maybe have a little bit you know of name value behind them so I, I've totally been in their their shoes but uh, <laughs> when things get unsafe 
I tend to see red, especially when it's with me um, and the people I care about. So if there's moments in that match, I'm sure if you go and rewatch it, where I actively stiff them. And I felt bad about it. I felt bad about stiffing these, these green guys. Um, and I felt bad about losing my cool. Not that I was unsafe in itself. Like I was hitting them in all the right places to where, you know, it, it, where you're supposed to hit them. I wasn't, I didn't hit them square in the jaw, square in the nose, square in the face. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't unsafe, but it, where I normally would hit, it was just a little bit harder, you know? Um, and I hated that. I hate, I hate that my, uh, my, you know, let's just call it what it is. My temper, my temper got the best of me. And um, I went through the back after everything was said and done and I left the locker room and I sat alone by myself for a little bit. Um, other people knew that I was upset. So they sent the only thing that could calm me down which is my girlfriend, Alicia. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after a few minutes uh, actively breathing, I went to uh, the locker room elders, for lack of a better term, and asked them their advice and their opinion. Because I've never been in this situation before, you know? How do I handle this? How do I handle talking to some people in a way that they would understand where I'm coming from. And not only that, but like for me as well, like for me to hear them out and not be like, no, fuck you, <laughs> you know? Um, because I have a tendency to do that. I have a really big problem with that. So um, shout out to not to name drop, but uh, shout out to Mike Bennett and shout out to Terrell Tempo and shout out to Izzy James, man. Um, all three of those cats uh, really gave me solid, solid advice. Um, and after a few minutes, you know, I sat with each and every one of the guys in the match um, that were <laughs> that got the full force of uh, angry Adam. And I explained to them why I did what I did. And not only that, I actively heard uh, why they did what they did. And they were very apologetic. They told me that they were nervous to work us and all that stuff. Um, which, take that pin out, is, man, they those guys um, probably work in, in that uh, Houston Premier Arena a lot, which draws people. Like, I've seen videos and I've seen pictures of that crowd so they're actively working in front of like a lot of people um why be nervous just because it's prince adam uh t ray and max heights like did i did i have my own locker room <laughs> did i come in with a in a maserati no i didn't and do, am i gonna pay you thousands of dollars um to wrestle no i'm not like i'm in that ring with you why be nervous man i'm nobody i'm we're nobody i mean those two people my tag partners that night are somebody to me and the the scene around them in the state of texas and wrestling in as a whole but you you understand i hope you understand what i'm saying uh we just want to have a good match 
there's any if there's anything that's 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 you need to question on or i want you know an answer to if any questions or anything you know what i mean like please ask them and when in doubt just you know chill <laughs> don't go running into things while things are actively going on and be the one stump the bunk is you're gonna be a bump in the road and if i'm going 90 miles per hour uh, you know anybody that's ever driven really fast in a, in a uh, parking lot and not see the speed bump it it fucking sucks right so anyway i tell all that not to bury anybody in particular but just to say that you know lessons were learned and not only were lessons given out but i learned something about myself as well you know my anger and my rage can it won't last forever you know and it can actively be worked through um so i don't know if anybody relates to that but that's my story both matches you know could be better that's just how it is um especially that second one but it's learning right this isn't the end-all be-all of either of our careers right um but in hindsight, I had a blast. You know, I, I was able to do what I do in front of people that paid to see it. And not for nothing, got cheered because of it, you know. So today's guest, <laughs> long diatribe about wrestling, right? Which is all bullshit for me. My takes on wrestling are all bullshit. But... Um, my today, my today's guest, Chris Monica. Um, I would get, I consider him a very close friend of mine in the business of pro wrestling. He may not even know that, <laughs> but um, I have nothing but adoration and respect for him because simply, simply because he's built something. He's, 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 he's everything I aspired to be as a man, right? Um, to say, fuck you to the gatekeepers and the patriarchy and, and just say, this is me. This is what I do. And you can either be with me or not, you know? Uh, we talk a lot about party world wrestling. Um, it's such a cool story, man. Like it's, it's so, again, that's a main reason why I respect the fuck out of anybody that's comes through there. Um, it's so punk rock, man. Like, dude, it's so cool from the backyard to, uh, having a, a, a look like their own facility. Really? I mean, it is a fourth, it is like a, a brewery and co-op. But, like, I, I've been in that building as a fan and just seeing the sea of people in this small space. I mean, it's small relative to the crowd they're drawing, you know? Like, I think they're the most, and I could get this wrong, but I think uh, the most people that were there when I was performing was, like, 18, 19 almost 2000 people in this tiny space. Um, and man, like 
to hear the like the pop from just two thousand people. Oh, I get goosebumps even thinking about it, man. But from the they they came from the backyard. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, just having fun with friends, you know. Um, I'm sure that it's all in the podcast, and you'll hear the full story. But um, I also really respect the fact that this is Chris Monica I'm talking to, not Luigi Primo. Um, most of his podcasts that I've heard him on, he likes to keep it kayfabe. Totally cool with that. I'm, you know, I'm I'm neither for nor against that. Do you? Do you? But. Just to have the man on and talk candidly about party world, his journey, his goals, um, even like music and other little bullshit, um, it meant a lot to me. And I'll always remember that. And um, hmm. I'm just thinking about this past four years, man. Doesn't seem like a long time, but you know, in pro wrestling, especially when you're out every weekend, every week, you know, trying to get booked and um, missing a lot of family time, you start to appreciate the people that have always been there. And uh, Chris Monica has always been there. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris Monica, also known as Luigi Primo. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hey. Hello. Chris Monica. Hey, what's up, Adam? Thanks <laughs> what's for going on? thanks for having me. No problem, man. Um oh. we've been talking pretty much all night, right? Yeah. Just had dinner. Uh, I've had some wine, drinking some beer. You're having a uh, coffee? Yes. I uh took tomorrow off so that I could go to a show. <laughs> You're getting wild. In <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm partying. Yeah, partying right now. <laughs> Drinking my coffee. It's a small. At nine o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're, we're recording live from uh, Fourth Tap Brewery and Co-op. Is that the full name? That's right. Yeah. Sweet, man. I've here only on, been here like three years. Here so. on Metric Boulevard in Austin, Texas. Good old good old Fourth Tap, man. This place has changed a lot, but then not at all. 
Isn't that Ye- weird? Yeah, they've put in a second freezer, which is behind us, an- another walk-in situation. Right. So uh, we've had to um, rearrange the backstage area mm. for the PWR shows. For but sure. Not that much. Is that the locker room now? Like, this, we're all freezing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to go in there, <laughs> but, you know, maybe. If it gets really hot, right, we could ask them. I mean, I've... I mean, of course you know, but yeah, I've performed here when it's like the asshole of summer. And yeah, it gets hot. It gets dude. hot. Seriously, it's it's. I'm weird with when it comes to like nudity, but at that point, it's the hot where I'm like, everybody can walk around naked. I don't give a shit. Like I understand. Yeah, <laughs> and pre-pandemic, it was allowed to pack places with human bodies, so it would get even hotter. Yeah, we figured for sure. out a way to um, abrogate that a little bit by building big wooden risers and putting swamp coolers on top of it. Oh, so yeah, so, actually, yeah. Yeah, so we've actually been able to keep it to, like, 85. <laughs> which is, like... Which is not... Doesn't sound that bad, yeah. but with the body heat and the humidity right. and everything's going. Plus, everyone's drinking, right? So, like, our yeah. blood is already high and everything, you know, so... Yeah, we had to... Uh, just figure out some way to bring the temperature down or else, like, we were worried that there was going to be, like, an emergency or something. Yeah, right. I mean, let's let's go ahead and knock it out here, man. I mean, with the pandemic and obviously you guys made the wise decision to now run pretty early on. I believe there was a show that was going to happen, right? Right. Um, what, what are some of the plans for the future? I know you guys... Um, are obviously filming uh, no crowd shows just for like Twitch, just to put something yeah. out there. It's a little small show. It's not the full PWR experience, obviously, but it's just a little taste. Um, what What's the plan moving forward? Can you talk about it? Or yeah, so that's exactly what we've been doing. Uh, we had a show that was supposed to be last year on March fifteenth, I think. Yeah, twenty twenty. It's pretty early. So yeah, it was that. right on the cusp to where like we probably could have decided to do it. Yeah. And not gotten in trouble mm-hmm. or anything. It was like the week they'd canceled South by Southwest, so we could have gotten the Indiana Jones under the closing door, Indiana Jones hat under the closing door right. situation, right. but. Um, just didn't seem like a good idea because For a lot sure. of the work on the show was volunteer and mm. like a lot of us didn't have health insurance so of course you know, yeah we made the tough decision to just postpone it it's it, very tough man i mean that's I mean, uh, for people that, the listeners that don't know Party World Wrestling, I, me personally, I view it as an institution of Austin, man, as, as much as like Home Slice Pizza, uh, all the boutiques in South Congress, uh, Sixth Street even, you know what I mean? Like, before I was in wrestling, all my friends were like, you gotta go to PWR, you know? So, I, I, it does suck, but man, I don't think you guys suffered from it at all. You know? Well, thank you. And I, don't think so. I think mm-hmm. you can take a year off yeah. and be okay. I think if it starts to get into like two years, mm. you, you might start losing some momentum. But I don't know. This is the first time I've ever been in this situation. For sure. Everybody, right? Yeah. Or early on, um, so we didn't do anything for a few months. And then we decided to do the no audience Twitch only shows. Mm-hmm. The idea being it would be something fun for us to do and that it would probably suck and that no one would probably watch it. (laughs) But actually, um, people, like a lot of people ended up watching it. We got like a lot more viewers than we thought we would on the Twitch stream. Mm -hmm. 
and people were like in the Twitch chat, like basically doing chants, but in the <laughs> chat box. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, yeah, so it, it was pretty cool because normally the shows are three months of preparation. Of course. And like tens of thousands of dollars to produce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's this huge undertaking, but these we bust out in like two weeks. Wow. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's still a pretty slow turnaround for a wrestling show because we do like once every month, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but for us, it's like hyperspeed. Yeah, but of yeah, we've been we've been doing those, like I said, about once every month, and um, I th we'll probably just keep doing them yeah. after we we do regular shows again, just because like they're pretty fun, and they're not a huge hassle to mm -hmm. our producers. So yeah, it, we'll probably look at just continuing to do these, and. Um, in the future, we we signed a deal with a network partner like months and months and months ago, but we've been in the process now of getting them like the video library for our old shows. Wow! So like um, our a bunch of our our old shows are going to be rebroadcast wow, on dude. Means TV, which is like a, a web um, TV station. Uh, dude, that's still that's amazing. That's big news. Man. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Like yeah. um, considering, I mean. We can dive into it as much as you want to, but considering the humble's beginnings of Party World Wrestling, like that's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's cool because congrats, thank you. Like, um, and we're the only wrestling show on this network, mm -hmm. so it's like when we started doing stuff in Austin, where we were like the only wrestling show a lot of people that um, watched PWR watched. Wow. So it's cool to have that kind of uh, fresh fresh market and um yeah i think when, when you're doing like wrestling you you eventually need some kind of distribution mm -hmm. so like you need to get on like a, a network or like right. have some kind of like um promotion of the videos of course um or else you just have to do the uh you just have to tour from place to place which right. a lot of our people work full-time so it's not an option for us of course so like yeah very cool that we got this like distribution deal and so our old library will be uh, broadcast on them we had to change the music in order to uh of course yeah there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> yeah because I mean, can't be rocking out the rob zombie coming out right, right. so yeah so part <laughs> part of the fun of of party world wrestling if you're in it is like picking some like dumb mm -hmm. metal to come out yeah to that's just like you know Godsmack. Or right. It's like kind of ironic, but then also not like the drunk people in the crowd are still like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's stupid for sure. But it's like we're in there. Yeah. And we for believe sure. it. Um, that was actually one of the things about PWR that a lot of people might not know is one of the original tenets of PWR, like early, 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 early on, was to have the worst music possible. Oh, really? So, like, I think, like, like, some of the first shows just had like an ambient playlist of like, <laughs> like Kid Rock dubstep remixes and <laughs> oh like, um, that's like something you can't Google. Like Google's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, I want the 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 uh, Rebel Without a Cause dubstep remix album. Like, come on. And, and um, <laughs> the the person who co-founded PWR with me, Jared Blondeau, mm -hmm. they like um, they assembled a pretty pretty annihilating playlist That's i'll have amazing. to dig it up but it had a lot of a lot of metallica kid rock um uh who does 
bodies, puddle of a mud. Oh, yeah, drown, drowning pool. Drowning pool. <laughs> Almost there. Which is like a, obviously a, a classic wrestling song. Of course, man. From I think it was the OVW intro music at one point or something. I think, or probably ECW, I think. ECW. It, but it's still uh, people still walk out to that song to this day. I pop huge when somebody comes out to Godsmack, I Stand Alone. Oh. And they're like a tag team, or like one half of a tag team. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like one, what are you doing? Like, yeah, <laughs> one time I um I was talking to to JoJo about like wrestling music, and I was like, yeah, and people come out to like Metallica or whatever. And he's like, whoa, 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 no, man, like <laughs> it would be you're you're thinking about Godsmack. That's yeah. that's like that's the, the standard. One. Yeah, and I was like, oh <laughs> man, I'm like way behind. You know, it's like <laughs> as much as we grow, like the persistence of time, right? Which is an Anthrax <laughs> album. Um, I loved Godsmack growing up. Like, I loved all that kind of music. And then now I'm just, like, kind of, it's like, why would I listen to that at 13? I, you know, why I, would I relate to it? I think <laughs> I'm actually starting to have the opposite journey to where in high in high school I hated new metal. Oh, like some, really? Yeah, like some of my friends listened to, like, Corn and, like, Limp Bizkit. Oh, dude, I was the kid then, that wrote Corn everywhere, dude. And, I love Corn. And then slightly later, like, Slipknot. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is, this is. This is bad. But, like, <laughs> just recently, like, um, I was listening to... My roommate was, like, playing some, like, pretty loud metal, and I was mm-hmm. like, what is this? Oh, <laughs> this is Slipknot. <laughs> this is actually kind of good. Yeah. And I was like, yo, bro, is Slipknot good? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That's awesome. All this time. You know, it's funny. The other day... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, my listeners are like... We want to know more about PWR, but I'm over here talking about Mudvayne. You, you ever seen that video where it's like, boom, boom, ding, boom, boom. It was like a pretty big meme back in the day. I, that's That song sounds familiar. It's it's so ridiculous. The whole thing is boom, boom, ding. And he's like, he's dressed as like a devil man. And I can't watch it without like laughing my ass off because of the memes. But then I was listening to it the other day because I was like, ha, ah, this is funny. But then I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want to lift weights or something now. Like, Yeah. <laughs> It's so stupid. Yeah. Speaking of memes, like PWR is a pretty well versed in memes, I feel like. Didn't y'all start the Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer thing? So, uh, good question. That I believe that was a meme that somebody else unrelated to anyone in PWR came up with. Word. And then Tim Faust started like uh kind of retweeting it mm-hmm. and then hired um Rory Blank, who is in PWR, yeah. to draw the shirt. And oh, then the shirt took off. So it was those two oh, people. Okay. And, like, PWR actually didn't even have anything to do with it. <laughs> but, like, the relationships <laughs> were, were created here for sure. Dude, that's so awesome. That's one of my favorite stories because, like, I would be here watching the shows as a fan and somebody would be like, yeah, they created that meme. You know that meme? I was like, no way. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. I love, like, the legends that come yeah, from, like, PWR. Man. Like, like, um just people have like ideas about like what it is and for i'm like sure. that's not at all it but i'm very happy like you have what thought what was, about it like, like that i've always wondered man like what was the driving force behind it like to start out like either in the early days the first show like what was how did it get here like this is fucking great yeah dude. so it came out of like just the artistic community in austin mm. like um my friend Jared, they moved to Austin from Houston in order to do, as they called it, theme parties. Because mm. they would hear about all these theme parties. So they would have these parties at, like, my friend Tim and Jesse's house. 
called like uh like for a birthday where it's like too fast too furious party where like you're either on team fast or team furious and all throughout the night i don't remember exactly what that what meant at all but like they would family involved like those yeah (laughs) not to turn your back on family they would those two teams would fight each other and another one was i think they just like destroyed tvs or something so there was all these like pretty dangerous but cool parties happening and so jared moved here to do that and one of his ideas was that every year for his birthday they would do um an increasingly violent thing to where like when they get to a certain age they just die at their birthday (laughs) so for their 28th birthday they thought me and jared had been getting into like wrestling Mm -hmm. for some reason pretty much arbitrarily i think some of our friends were into it and also like Jared and I were involved in like doing music together. Like we were in a band together and I had my music stuff and they had theirs. And we were part of this like music scene in Austin. Oh wow, so you know them for like years. Oh yeah, yeah, like at least a decade. Wow, okay. But like, um, like so we were working really hard to create like new and interesting music and wrestling was like the opposite uh, opposite of that. Because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to come see, like, a music show necessarily. Like, you know, there were, yeah, there were people that did, but it's, like, sure. it was kind of a hassle. Like, yeah. hey, you want to come see my show? And In Austin, like, Texas, of all places. Yeah, they're like, right, well. Yeah. So, so you got a band? Oh, yeah, wow, so, like, dude. if you're going to a yeah. show, you're not going usually because you like this band. You're, like, you're going because you're, like, oh, we want to support Evan. You know yeah, what I mean? For so sure, like, yeah, for sure, yeah. PBRs are cheap. But yeah. wrestling was, like, just something that we didn't really know it was, and we there wasn't a lot of pressure to it. And so we could just kind of enjoy it at face value. So we watched a lot of 80s wrestling. Um, I mostly at first watched it just for the aesthetics, like just for like the way the ring looked Mm -hmm. and the way the people looked. Mm -hmm. Like just, I just was really into like the different wrestlers. And then I started like digging to where like, you know, in the 70s rings looked crazy. And then like the Japanese rings had like the, um, the, the canvases that were like two colors yeah and like they were getting like flowers when they went into the ring so all these like crazy aesthetics and so you jumped full force into pro wrestling like not just wwe not just wcw like yeah everything that was pro wrestling right at At, at first it was wwf only because that was what jared and i um and our friends were were mostly into right. It's so just I, like I, hard yeah. hard rock, Metallica. Okay, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, but as I watched more of it and watched the promos and watched the angles <laughs> and like kind of needed more, I started digging more into it mm. and um, watching like figuring out like what NWA was and like how it was different from WCW. Mm. Then on and on down the line until like there's like oh there's also GCW and that and mm-hmm. and it's like there's all this stuff going on and it's all like unique and interesting. But anyway, so, so we're getting into wrestling. We're mostly getting into like goofy WWF. Of course. Yeah. Which is like, obviously, you know, very, very sure. They were very, they were very snug. Right. Very hard. A lot of the gimmicks were super goofy. And that's right. That's why everyone (laughs) loved it. And that's why everyone remembered it. Yeah. So for Jared's birthday, they did Jared mania 28, which was, we would go to my house and us and our friends would, be wrestlers and do like angles. Wow. Yeah. So I think I, I was doing a music project called Blues Dog at the time. Oh shit. Where I just basically wore a hat and sunglasses and was like a retired and failing blues musician. <laughs> so, but at that show, Blues Dog had his 
luck had come so hard that he was doing professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. So that was my gimmick for that show. That's and a more thought out gimmick than most of the people <laughs> around us, like our fellow peers right now. <laughs> well, it was it was first a it was it was an angle with uh it was a music pro and the angle the yeah. music project had a bunch of like history behind it to where I already had like enemies and stuff. Um, so it was a good fit, even though I did n almost nothing with it except for this one <laughs> promo. And Jared like had a luchador mask and like a suit, which is like you know oh, a lot of times yeah. that's like a standby gimmick for somebody who like <laughs> does not have. Like, yeah, nobody we know. Of I know I'm not meaning to like. <laughs> no other luchador <laughs> with a suit in the Texas wrestling I'm scene. I'm not trying to. <laughs> Book an angle here. Uh, but, I love you, Nastico. Um, so that was Jared's character, Senor Serioso. And actually, IAYD, popular 8-bit musician, was another um, luchador character. And um, Brendan was, was there in some form, and Jake, and some other people, some of which aren't even, like, around anymore. No like, shit. Like, just, like, totally... Like no one from who goes speed over shows would have ever seen or known wow. existed. Like so, but um, that's that's uh, like as a fan, that's very interesting to hear. I I we have like a little bit of footage of it. Mm -hmm. Like most of the quote wrestling involves like two people grabbing each other and then spinning around. That's amazing. It's like it's the most grab assy grab ass <laughs> that you could like ever imagine. But um, but it was super fun. It was I remember snow fell that night. And like that was the only wrestling show that I was involved in that I ever drank at. <laughs> that was the one. But um, it's a magical night. <laughs> yeah, it it really was, and it it was really fun. It wasn't nearly like what a PWR show is, but it was it was fun for us, and so we were like, let's do this again. Word. So and was it a full year? Uh, this one was in. I want to say it was like December or November of 2014. Oh, wow. Okay. So I think it was six months later when okay. we did um, did uh, Summer Slam Down One. Summer Slam Down. Yeah, an extremely well thought out name. <laughs> and again, like part of our premise at the time was like, don't overthink anything ever. Like, so the f the first thing that comes to your head, that has to be what it is. So like Party World Wrestling. I'm pretty sure we didn't spend a lot of time thinking of that name. That was just like, we were like, what's the name? Okay. Yeah, this we're parties. acronym is power. More, yeah. Yeah, do it. Go for it. And like the original logo was like a crappy like explosion gif <laughs> with like PWR and like some horrible font. Um because like I just got off of like a decade of like really, you know, complex like mathy, cathartic like electronic music. Yeah. And so this was the opposite of that where I where like we were just I was just like, I'm not going to think too much about this. We're just going to. Right. This is fun. This yeah. is something that's going to be ridiculous. And, and so the, f the first outdoor show we did, Summer Slam Down, first of all, more people, like we promoted it and we, we booked, we shot promos and stuff just because that was the main thing is we wanted to just do promos. So right. We made up characters and they did promos. And y'all released them like on like social media. Yeah. And like more people came to the show than I thought, like, which was like oh, 30 wow. people came, which is like. Like that's a pretty respectable number, I mean, brother. Yeah, I, I mean, like, like twenty was like a good night for like yeah. my music shows. The fact that thirty people were there, I and was were they like, like friends of friends. Or I like was what? like, oh, this is serious now. Oh yeah, like, like we're in the money. Yeah, I, some of them were just like people who'd heard about it. Like a lot of them were 
like I said, like I was involved heavily in the, the like noise scene in Austin at the time. So yeah. there was a lot of people who were into like harsh noise and like adjacent to that scene. Dude, there's uh, sidetrack here, not to cut you off either. There's this noise album that I've I've been listening to. I forget his fucking name, but he's like he's like the Beatles of noise music in Japan. Um, Mersbell? That's him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you already fuck with him, all right? Dude, I was like, I, don't, I was serious. listening to him. I was like, you know who would fucking like this? <laughs> like, yeah. Luigi would like this. <laughs> yeah. Another person I should give some props to is uh, Jonathan Cash. He Jonathan was, Cash. He was a noise promoter who now lives in Denver, I believe. But for 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 years, he promoted stuff in Austin. He would always do like wacky like shows. Like he, he'd do like he'd book like cool like music shows, but yeah. he would also do things like forced stand-up comedy i love like, that like kind he of would thing. book like uh i think the show was called like put your money where your mouth is <laughs> and he would just book like some people who like should not have been doing it and some people that he thought would actually do a good job like yeah. a mix of it to um to do stand-up comedy and like it was it was really good and <laughs> also kind of a disaster it was awesome it, um he did like he booked like blues night and like jazz night <laughs> for like people that did not play instruments. Yeah. <laughs> like man, it, uh, they really raised the bar as far as booking like insane stuff, insane like anti-listener, anti-audience shows. Dude, that's so awesome. So I like, mean, do you think like th any of that's like? Would you consider that an influence when it comes to like PWR or anything oh, like that? Yeah, I mean that's like that 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 was like what it sprang from pretty much. No shit. Was like like I said, Jared um, wanted to have parties. We both wanted to like do big like house shows. That was the whole mm -hmm. thing. We just wanted to have house shows, do big house, crazy shows, house shows, pack yeah, it out. Yeah, for sure. And um, we were just part of this this scene where like you know every weekend there'd be like some weird thing booked. So, like, this was, like, one of those weird things. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like, you know, Johnny was originally involved as, like, a performer. The And um, so just some other people from that scene. Again, people mm -hmm. who, like, go to PWR now, they would have no idea who these people are. Of course. Okay. Um, but, like, so, yeah, the, the first summer show outside, like, um, there was, like, a, a match that was just, like, a drinking contest. Mm -hmm. Where people just tried to like chug. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> Shoot alcohol, brother. And um, <laughs> I think I, yeah, I was in a, uh, yeah, I was at that time. Like, at, I think at some point it got to where people would like work, working drink. But like back in those days, it was like, it was, it was right. all real as Proving far as the drinking. Salt and yeah. Your grit, goddamn. But I, I remember <laughs> like I was in a match at the end of the night and like um, with, with Jared and I picked them up. And I just did this, like, really pretty bad body slam, like, on this ring, quote, ring we'd made that was, like, yoga mats and, like, Home Depot buckets with cement and poles in them. Oh, wow. And so I, I slammed them, and everybody just, like, freaked out. And, I, and like, at that <laughs> moment, I was, like, the that's, pop. that's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it that, and it Because it was, like, the most immediate reaction I'd gotten. And I'd been yeah. doing, like, I'd been busting my ass for a decade right and to like, get that on stage with yeah, somebody, yeah. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily always about that uh -huh. when i was doing music but like that moment had an effect that on that visceral me. reaction yeah. where you change somebody's exactly yeah where where i was like yeah this is like there's something to this yeah like there's something to this that everybody immediately connects to you can't <laughs> misunderstand what's happening here no shit. you know like the, i'm the 
good guy, they're the bad guy, or they're the good guy, I'm the bad right. guy. And like one is doing violence to the other mm-hmm. and somebody and people are happy about this. So I like I understand that completely, man. Like so I, I think so that that pretty much until then I think it was mostly just a fun diversion. But that I think that moment actually changed my life. So let's see, yeah, so like that major moment, right, where you there's fuck this visual rea- reaction into like I can not change people's lives, obviously, but like I can make somebody that I've never met before, don't know them from Adam, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, and get them to feel something. You know, like a lot of people, we go day to day, either working bullshit jobs or just dealing with bullshit and kind of numbing ourselves a lot, whether yeah. it be with alcohol, drugs, or um, either like retreating into other things like social media or uh. other, like you know maybe not that all that's necessarily bad, but what we do is wake them up kind of in a I, way i think that like the people who are involved in pwr at that time uh-huh. and uh, maybe this can explain why uh, people started like liking it as much as they did mm-hmm. but i can definitely speak for like the people in pwr at the time like we kind everyone kind of needed something that was like direct mm-hmm. and physical yeah because like the the art and music scene at that time was very good in that it was like very supportive but like anything basically anything went like you were allowed to do whatever yeah so like having something that was like kind of very clear cut in what it was mm-hmm. and like it kind of it requiring some degree of like warriorship i think was appealing well that's a very interesting thing to say because like and i you know this world well now i would i would say obviously we're, we both are still learning and everything mm-hmm. but like having coming from a world where there was no rules you could do whatever the fuck you wanted as long as as long as it was authentic to you mm-hmm. and now you're coming into a world to where i mean for lack of a better term gatekeepers are gonna be like that's not how you do it brother you know so how was that like or yeah so like like PWR was was never really accepted into like mainstream wrestling, nor were we looking for it to be. Of course be. not. Yeah. Like, because we kind of had our own little thing, mm-hmm. and um, I think that the outside wrestling world also almost had this like kind of mythological kind of like power to us. Like for me, I was like, "Dang, you work in an indie show. It's probably like being like in jail or something." <laughs> yeah. And like, and everybody is like right about to get signed to WWE. I had all these ideas about it, mm-hmm. and now that I've like learned more about it, I see like what it actually is. And like, there's a lot of things having worked on, on in um, different feds that I appreciate. Like, um, you know, one thing when I would tour as a musician, I might play a show where the promoter or booker or whoever has not selected a good lineup of bands right or put them in the right order like for instance the first band might like suck horribly like so much so that like they drive everyone away and like i'm there and i'm trying to do my thing that's like well practiced and like i think it's good and i want to have the chance to make it so people buy my stuff Mm -hmm. so then i can go to the next town yeah so like wrestling at least has this thing where like you can't really do it unless you kind of know what you're doing to Mm -hmm. an extent i mean not necessarily but like more so than music i promise right for sure so like i could pick up the guitar right now and play two notes and be like write a fucking song Uh, yeah, yeah and like at least it was for like and i mean in music i always kind of like 
that I kind of fell in with people doing like avant-garde stuff because that's the people that mm -hmm. I related to and liked to be around. But on the other hand, like sometimes the the shows, if they were in other states, they weren't booked as well as I would have liked them to be. Mm. So like, I mean, we you know, so there's similar things where there's issues with like, with, you know, booking and for like sure. in wrestling where like, you know, you might not be in a place that's ideal for you in a show, like logistically, I mean, like as right. far as like where you have to be that night. But like, um... I do appreciate some of some of that gatekeeping as far, of course, as, far I, yeah. as far as like yeah. as far as like the quality control. Well, that's the reason why this thing has been around for so long, right? Like mm -hmm. some of that has to be in it. But when was the moment to where like you guys? Because obviously, I mean, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Not that I'm anybody in the pro wrestling scene, uh, the national, worldwide, whatever the fuck, but. I mean, some of the people here are no slouches in the fucking ring, man. Like, well, thank you. No problem. Like, seriously, some of these people, I I feel like, um, are legitimate talent and can go to other other indie wrestling feds here in Texas or uh, around the country and hold their own. I really believe that. Well, we have a really great trainer. Like at first, when we were doing these shows, um, like I said, we did this summer show, and the wrestling was mm -hmm. like mostly just you know spinning around and kind of weird body slams and uh drinking right. um but then as we watched more wrestling we started to try and do moves just like moves that we saw just like we were like teenagers but mm -hmm. we were like not we were like i was i was 31 when i started right so i was not a young man and i was like i was like uh, what, how, okay, so this is an enziguri, I think, and mm -hmm. just doing it on another person, and they were like, that sounds good. <laughs> like, luck just take it. luckily <laughs> back then, like, a lot of us were, were like, I was, um, I'm, I'm not big now, but I was, I was 20 pounds lighter then, so, like, if I, you know, took a, I took a lot of bad bumps, and I was fine mm. after them. Yeah. So, like, luckily nobody got hurt back then when we didn't really know how to, because eventually we built a ring, of course, which are sitting right next to you right no, now. No, 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 no. Yeah. Before this one. Before this one. No, no. Jared and I built a ring. Oh, wow. In his backyard. What was it made in out of? In their backyard was with... Um, was it the previous... The we drove around and found mattresses. Okay. And then we put mattresses on the ground. Then we basically built like a planter around them. And then we put boards on top of it so that you could wow. walk across it, but there was some give to the bump. The yeah. bump was actually not that bad. No way. But we didn't know how to bump. Yeah. So basically back then, the idea was try and land on your lower back so that you can tuck your head. <laughs> Literally. For all... <laughs> Let's get behind baseball here, which we've already done, I feel like. But, like, that's possibly the worst thing that you want to do. For that's sure. like 101 wrestling school will tell you, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How long did that last? Uh, we did that for a couple shows. Holy shit. And, again, luckily, we were all pretty light. So, of course, well, not yeah. everyone. There was, there, were, there was a couple, like, we had a couple, like, legitimate athletes. But, like, me, I, I was... I definitely, I definitely spiked someone. <laughs> I definitely gave someone like uh, I was like, this is probably how you do it, uh, right. a Hurricane Rana, and it was just like bam, Frankensteiner on Lord. the head. But they were they were fine, luckily. Of course. But like, man, don't try this at home, kids. Those, obviously, those yeah. Days, but it's like, at that, like I said, I was in my 30s, so like basically at that point, 
my dreams were over. Like I had failed. So and it I didn't like have a death wish. I was just like I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like who cares? And I was just basically trying to have fun and that attitude kind of like set me free. And through that, I was able to like with my friends build this really cool thing to where like eventually I was like oh crap, I've got to like be safe yeah because like i have this cool thing right, and i, I have friends now so it's like yeah. by like going kind of full force and recklessly i kind of found my uh found my my passion for living again in a lot of ways and and by that time um y'all were already packing houses or like real? yeah so the first show like mm-hmm. i said was 30 people mm-hmm. second show like 100 people third wow. show 200 people and by that time, we got kicked out of the backyard that we were in. The cops getting called and like cops were getting called, but neighbors like, being like, "What the fuck are y'all doing?" But the <laughs> cops were like, "This is some white privilege right here," because the cops were like, "This is actually pretty cool." <laughs> and like, no, there's something to that. Refused <laughs> to shut <laughs> it down. There's something to that because like every time I've been pulled over with like a carload of brothers, just like you know, fucking going to Illinois to some shitty show that's not gonna pay. On our way back, we get pulled over every time. And we tell them we're just pro wrestlers, and we're coming back home. And they're like, "All right, go ahead, go on, get yeah. home." Yeah, you know, what I mean? cops love pro wrestlers think, for some yeah, fucking reason. I, think I don't know why. A, I think people love a story. So, like, <laughs> if it's a if it's a unique situation, they're like, mm, "All right." But yeah, this this was a uh, we the yeah we just the only time we got the cops called on us we just turned down a little bit maybe but like anyway <laughs> at I, that point the cops are at the kegerator just like you yeah know. <laughs> uh wow man but, but by that time uh-huh. like i said so so we got kicked in the backyard that was the end of the world we didn't we were like well we might as well just not do shows anymore because this thing was to do house shows of course but then um one of our friends in pwr knew the uh owner of what was at the time called Midway Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. I think it became Emo's East at one point oh, wow. and Grizzly Hall. It's been through a lot of permutations, but at yeah. that point it was Midway Fieldhouse. And they were like, you can have your next show here. So we were like, ah, oh, we don't want to leave the backyard. The whole thing was to do house shows. This isn't really a house show. Right. Corporate. Uh, yeah. we, we had a lot of weird things about it. Meanwhile, this dude named Tracy, who was involved with BWR, like, they found a ring in Florida and they were like, yo, we should buy this. It's like $1,700, which is a good price for a ring. For a ring, yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, we were like, ah. And a good ring to it's boot. It's like, it's, yeah, we don't, we don't want to like, I mean, we, we even know what to do with it because we weren't even doing like Irish whips at this time. Right. So, but we, we deliberated along it, about it for a long time. And then Mike, one of the original members. Shout out Mike Behrman. Mike Behrman was like, um, was like, let's stop worrying about making the right decision and make the decision right. So he fronted the money. It might have been like twenty five hundred at the time. He fronted the money, flew to Florida, oh, what loaded fuck? up the ring from the flea market it was at with the people there, then drove a Penske back to Texas. With this thing. With the ring. And that's wow. how we got the ring. And so we I can't. I, I keep forgetting how much it was. Something between two and five grand. That's I, still a five. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I know we owed. Oh, I know we owed. We owe, like Mike fronted a lot of money too, and so I know we we owed him money for a while, but like, um, so he came back with it. We set up the ring. We set it up in one way, and it was like impossibly 
difficult to work in. And mm-hmm. then we made some changes and it became like magically good. Like such a good ring. Like we really did luck out. Oh, for sure. I mean, when I remember like the first times I met you and I was lucky enough to roll around and like bump in the ring. I just remember like meeting you and be like, hey, you're the owner. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, this is the best ring I have ever bumped in. And I've only been training for like <laughs> six months at the time, obviously, but like still like yeah. working those shitty indie shows. I'm uh-huh. like, where has this ring been? Like, I feel oh like ring, I feel like ring technology around Texas has actually gotten like better in the last five years. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I yeah we we really lucked out. It's a yeah. great ring. The Cloud only thing, spring is the, good. The Sounds only, great. The like, only thing is it's is it's heavy. It, oh for so sure, it, it takes yeah. forever to set up. Well, a there's a, there's a lot of extra th- you know bells and whistles on this mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? A lot of customization. Which so so we leave the backyard. We have the ring and we set up the ring in Midway Fieldhouse. Right. We'd done thirty people, hundred people, two hundred people. This show, five hundred people. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> legit. Like, Hit I don't know. Like, these people, are, these people yeah. are coming. Yeah. These, Word of mouth. Like, people are coming in, and, like, it's not just, like, my friends anymore. It's just, like, some guy. <laughs> and I'm, and it's, like, they're here for this. They're here for, like, right. this, like, goofy thing that, that we're doing. So that was, that was a sur- surreal. It was, it was very crazy. And um, and this was at that uh, at Midway Field. Midway Fields. Yeah, and okay. we also started to see like the main uh, our main face at the time, Doc Master. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Shout out Jake. Yeah, they had this huge. He had this this hot feud, and like we started seeing people like react to these angles. Wow. So yeah. like they're following it, reacting. To yeah. It. So we had to like figure out how to present these different characters in different mm-hmm. ways. So like without really any experience in like wrestling, we we like pretty much saw a lot of what of what we needed to do based on like how things were happening practically. Mm-hmm. So like it, we started kind of learning how to do that by by necessity and started. Start, instead of it just being wrestling, just being this abstract thing where it's like, oh, you do this because, mm-hmm. you know, you want a person in this position mm-hmm. to try and get the belt or something. It For started sure. being more based on like, I started based on how things went for us, looking at kind of like old bookers yeah. from like different territories and seeing like, oh, okay, this is why the they did that because I've been in this situation and this is what... I did. So I started to see like what get like kind of a good idea of things that I thought we did that really worked, mm-hmm. things that like we could tweak. For sure. And it was it was just really cool to be able to like um just be in that situation at all cuz Would you situ- consider yourself a booker? Um like in the pro wrestling sense, right? Mm. Obviously PWR is kind of its own slice of the pie, right. but you know, like would you consider yourself like a booker? I think like PWR is a unique thing because it's um, it's all like internal. Of course. So like it's a committee of people. Oh, yeah. So it's like a lot of the like how like matches that we have, I try and we try and like discuss as a group how we want it to go. Okay. As far as like who's going to be involved, and then I, I guess I see myself more in a role as like facilitating it. For sure. Where, like, there's, like, this many people want to do these things. So then somebody has to look at it and be like, okay, well, 
uh, that's not all going to work. But mm. of that, I think these ideas might satisfy the most number of people. Of course. So, like, um, well, I just want to start a promotion with you, but, brother. But, I, don't know. Uh, but ar- <laughs> I mean, arguably, that's what booking is, especially yeah. like, especially like now, because like, um, I do feel like a lot of the time you want to. If you're involved in a community of people, you want to not only create something that's a good product, but mm-hmm. something that like is gonna be good and fun for the community of the people that do it. Of course. And it's like it's one thing if you're like, you know, a company that like needs the product to be a certain way in order to like make money. And it's another thing if like your main goal is to have fun. Yeah. And Which a lot of people connect with, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if, if you're having fun, then, like, hopefully other people will, will have fun. But, yeah, I guess, like, I just, but the main thing I've tried to encourage is just not overthinking it mm-hmm. and just trying to make sure that, like, everybody has fun. Of course. Which is, <laughs> honestly, the best advice for what we do, right? Yeah. Don't, don't overthink. And, uh, have right. fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do what you want to do. So, um when was the decision made to move here to Fort Tap? So at that show I just mentioned, actually, like, Brendan, our, our tech guy, was like, hey, my friends are starting a brewery, and they, they want to, like, sponsor you guys. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is all this is all happening so fast. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's been, like, seven months, and, like, I've, I've gone from playing shows for, like, 15 people to, like, to, like um, having this, this thing with my friends that is now, like, choosing what place to to do its thing at and it's gonna knows that there's gonna be 500 people it's just it's crazy it's like it's overwhelming mm-hmm. um so yeah i was like well yeah let's hear them out and i thought it was just gonna be like uh i wasn't sure if it was gonna go anywhere but mm-hmm. we actually in the building we're sitting right now we met with those guys that were starting the brewery when it was just a concrete warehouse like nothing mm-hmm. was in it and pretty soon thereafter we signed a contract to like have shows here. So the first show we had here was Dark War One, which was like um, at the last Midway Fieldhouse show, uh, a sentient wrestling robot had mutated and had just taken the belt from Doc Master and gone into the future. So we went into the future to stop him. And in the future, like all the PWR wrestlers have been like rounded up by this um, a robotic entity who had fused with the computer network and become Slamnet. So there was like alternate future versions of the PWR wrestlers who had to defeat Deep Slam, the robot, in order to take the belt back into the normal timeline and prevent the timeline that we were at from happening. But it was like so, it was such a complex thing for us to like do and to carry out because the other ones had been so loose and this was actually like kind of had a plot that it was like, such an undertaking that afterwards, like, afterwards we felt like it was real. Like, we, really? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, afterwards we were like, we did it. We beat him. And, like, wow. it was just, it was so exhausting. Got lost in that realm of kayfabe, brother. <laughs> but, it, but it was, like, it, it was, again, one of those things that, like, pretty much, like, changed everyone involved and, like, sort of, like, cemented a lot of the... Like, we have this thing here. That yeah, we, yeah. And the, the, the people involved and just, like, the bonds that, that we formed were, like became i mean they already were becoming like very special yeah but, like, of course yeah that's why like it's it, it's it's just like when i go into um or you too you like you, i'm sure you realize this like when we go into locker rooms with people we haven't seen in months like we've only known each other in like the pro wrestling sense but we have this thing you know what i mean yeah and 
like I can sit and have a beer with any of those guys or girls or anybody outside or in between that. Like, you know, like I, it's just something that th- it's a very real feeling for sure. Yep. And that that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about like wrestling mm-hmm. that I didn't think I would enjoy is I've met a bunch of people that were it's like this person is like a bodybuilder and a fan of like Dallas football. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. I would not be friends with this person, but like we're we're wrestlers and so now we're like now we're like tight. Now yeah, we're like joking and it's yeah. like it's it's cool cuz it's like I wouldn't have necessarily uh been friends with a lot of the people except for this this like weird right. uh, common interest that like transcends a lot of a lot of boundaries it's a beautiful thing man it really is and it sounds like you guys have done a beautiful thing um you mentioned deep slam was deep slam at the time uh the our mutual friend or was he played by somebody else or was uh deep slam uh, okay so the original deep slam was literally a computer program written oh, by wow. jared that wrestlers would come into the ring type what move they would do and then the com- the terminal would display what move he does afterwards and why he wins. Holy shit! <laughs> that was actually a thing. That was genius. That, that was that was that one was that one was all Jared and, and Tim Robinson, I believe that that birthed that one. And then Deep Slam evolved. At first, they were big and clunky, and then um, Doc Master like hit him with some move, and they turned into like this square, and then. Um, Deep Slam version, I think it was 2.0, was it yeah. called? Punched through, and that was um, uh, Oscar. Oscar, um, I forget his, I forget his last name, but he's a, he's a video game animator. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Garza, yeah. Oscar and, Garza. And, uh, a pre- he trained as a luchador. I was about to say, is that Oscar Garza that um, Pumpkinhead? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, he yeah, tra- yeah. He trained as a l- luchador in, uh, or I mean, he knows him. I don't know if he. Is oh him. yeah, I don't know if he is him. Of course, yeah. I don't uh, know. <laughs> Obviously. He trained as a luchador in Brownsville, uh, and like just like you know bumping on the ground and whatnot. And um, was he like the first like rest like no tra- tra- Tracy was actually the first person who'd had wrestling school training, and and they were the first person to be like. Yeah, now here's actually how you want to oh, do that awesome. so that you don't like break your tailbone. Like, awesome. So yes. you guys always like kind of had so, somebody. So Tracy that's like, yeah. and then Oscar had um, kind of the next level where he he worked around a bit. He'd actually worked JoJo like twelve years. It ago. was uh, like uh, his his last match. JoJo was his last. That's match. right. Yeah, <laughs> I love that story. But, but. Um, yeah, Oscar is is kind of a badass. Dude, he's and awesome. So, so is Tracy, pretty much. Like Tracy, he uh, man, he'll he's he's taken some some wild bumps. He's really athletic, and and Oscar also pretty awesome. And like his movements were like such a level up mm-hmm. that like when he came out as Deep Slam version 2.0, and he was doing like a tor- like tornado DDTs and yeah. like Hurricane Rana's on Jake. Everybody was like, Whoa. Oh, <laughs> like like oh no. Like we're in trouble. Like Doc Master, right. how can he stand against? Shout us? out Doc Master though, man. Like Great. hell of a base, and you I don't know. even know it. Or maybe he knows it now. But jeez, man, like scary potential. Like he has, he can go to the moon if he wanted to. For if sure. he wanted to. We've been, we've been, we've been talking about it, and it's uh, really, it's yeah, it's it's something that he's 
definitely interested in. He even he came to a show with us. Oh really? One time it was just like in the locker room, like saying what's up. Oh wow. He didn't work or anything? No, 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 no. Man, I'm telling you. I'm yeah. telling you. Like, I'm not even in like the monetary sense, but in the fact of like like I'm sure you feel that fulfillment when you go to other shows and you like yeah, you accomplish something. Like for sure. just to, for him to have that experience, I I would be like, dude, just do it. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? think I think they'd they'd like Tracy it. too, but Tracy's uh no, I I don't know I don't know I I don't know what Tracy's up to these days. Oscar might be down oh. to oh, down right? to work. Yeah, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Tag <laughs> yeah. match. Tag match. Easy. Come on, boys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, the next version of Deep Slam was Deep Slam Deep Slam four point twenty. That was years. That later was from, okay. Yeah, which is our mutual friend. That's right. Jojo Bravo, also known as Jazzy J Serious. Yeah, who is my uh, my trainer. Right. Yeah, trainer, yeah. mentor, mm-hmm. friend. When did um things. when when would when did he come into the fold? So so uh, there was a show. I I don't know what show it was, but he he came backstage and he was like, "Yo, hey guys, <laughs> this thing is fantastic. All right, but we need to we need to really look at this." Like, no, you know? <laughs> no, he, he was he he was like, "This, you guys have something really good," right. and like. And, like, basically just said a lot of cool stuff about wrestling that I agreed with. Like, he was like, you know, this is, this is, this kind of thing is, it's ancient and it's important. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I do not want to, like, change what y'all are doing. I am here if you want to hit me up. And, mm-hmm. like, all so the weird thing was, like, Jared, the co-founder of, of PWR, JoJo was their favorite indie wrestler. Right, because they would go to, like, Inspire and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. So like so they so it was crazy when they showed up and and Jared Jared was pumped I mean we were all pumped but like um, so anyway they they uh, JoJo came in and then um, we booked a match between him and Oscar where the winner is the head of the training program <laughs> <laughs> and JoJo went over and uh, he booked the fucking so um, they became the trainer <laughs> and um, yeah and that was that was the the next step where we we uh, you know somebody who with uh, you know over a decade of experience who's just wrestling constantly of course and i mean the, the listeners that don't know i mean if you're listening to this podcast you obviously know who uh jazzy j serious is just probably i don't mean to undersell him no pun intended but just like one of the best wrestling minds like anybody could ever come into contact with like if you just sit down and talk wrestling with him um, you think he'd been in the business for like fifty years, you know? Like, yeah, he it, is years beyond right. what and he's been doing. Not, and not just that, like, very, very few people can like actually cross swords with him, like, as far as how fast he is mentally. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, on the day to day, yeah. Like, it, like his just promos. Like every now and then, like, uh, he'll just, he'll do something like at a show mm-hmm. that just transcends the entire thing mind-blowing and yeah and it's just like i just it's something that you just you really it's one of those talents where you like you look down and be like dude can i do this like i don't think i have that in me you know what i mean that's all that's another one of his things is like as far as like being a trainer that's like that's all he wants to do is like Mm -hmm. he wants to like he wants to Again, it sounds cliche, but like he wants to make like wrestling in general like of a higher quality. Of so, course. Like, so he's all all about like training people up and get, getting them to that level. And like that that kind of thing is actually that kind of thing is like probably one of the things that moves me most about wrestling mm-hmm. is like people who like 
you know, they have all this passion and like all this time spent and like that they just want that they just want to like kind of pass that on and like have this sort of you know giving relationship with like the people involved in wrestling like to me that that's really cool and that's of course. like that's the good kind, ones yeah that's kind of like an interesting that's like a, an interesting like thing that not a lot of people get to see or experience of it's course like yeah this this very unique relationship that and happens among that's the beautiful thing about i mean i'm sure it happens in every industry but that that that's the beautiful thing about pro wrestling you know when someone really good not only and i'm probably not even really good but someone that cares about pro wrestling and is willing to like open themselves up to other people that what they know even if it's just a little bit of knowledge for the sake of the business like, there's not that many people out there anymore. And not a lot of it gets highlighted, man. You know, it's like Pandora's box. All the evil got released. But then there's a the little hope. And I think that little nugget, I'm really... <laughs> little nugget. JoJo's a little nugget. Um, really happy that it's here in Party World, man, for sure. That's, I mean, I, I would consider, like, you know, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. You know, that's what I always tell you all the time. Like, you know more than you know. Well... Thank you. Like, uh, yeah, also, like, as far as, like, a uh, actual wrestling, it's, it's mm -hmm. like, moves and stuff. JoJo's been d really cool to learn from because he knows, like, all kinds of, like, weird reversals and stuff. Yeah, just innovative stuff. Yeah. It's just like, well, I've never seen this shit before. How do you think about that, man? Um, when was you started training with JoJo? Yeah. What was your first match outside of here? Let's see. I think I want to say the first match was <clears throat> in the original AWR in like 2017 mm -hmm. when it was run by like Wings mm -hmm. and like um, he booked Jay Sirius and was like uh, get and like so me and then um, I think no no okay so. J Series came in with El Rio. Mm -hmm. I believe they were on a team, mm -hmm. and it was me and Johnny Cruz. And I little think, CJ. I think that was the match. No shit. Yeah, and like was that something JoJo was like, hey, hey man, I got a spot that needs to be filled, and he it, just like, it, I I th I think it was something like that. Word. Um, were you like any like trepidatious toward it, or like were you? Like, oh no, I was excited. Oh word, I, I, okay. yeah, I, I was like, um, like I, I'd already um, refereed for for Anarchy a few mm -hmm. times. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was like that was kind of uh, how I met a lot of the people in, sure. or in Texas in that mm -hmm. area because like a lot of just it seemed like at that time everybody was coming through Anarchy, mm -hmm. so like I met like a wide array of people, which was really which was really cool. Um, so that was my first locker room experience. So like actually getting to like wrestle, I was like, oh crap. No shit, man. I, yeah, like I So like getting on shows and like working outside of PWR, was that like kinda like when did that start becoming on the forefront of Yeah, your... so, so so there was that one that JoJo got me on and then I think um there was a I think there was another one that we got on together for um TNT, I think it was in yeah. San Antonio. Rest in peace, Tito. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, uh, yeah, I got to talk to him a bunch in the first like year I was doing like oh, indies, sure. which was awesome. Another good soul, man. Um, yeah, Tito rolled. Uh, but like, 
I got on that show with him, and I did a tag match with the Baker, David Leach, mm. against um, Cobra and um, Vizier Hassan. No shit. And um, then that that match is how I got hooked up with RCW. Mm. And meanwhile, from Heavy Metal, I'd met Dylan. Yeah. Sorry, from Anarchy, I'd met Dylan, mm -hmm. and Dylan was doing Heavy Metal, and they he brought me into that. Right. And my first match at Heavy Metal, my first match, quote-unquote, was uh, getting getting squashed by Tempo, <laughs> which I was absolutely so, yeah. thrilled about. Exactly. Like, I was, like, in his friggin' cradle about to get slammed, and, like, I was, like, <gasps> I was, like, shaking because I was, like, <laughs> So nervous, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess up, but you know, he slammed me. It worked. Dude, I mean, think about. I mean, <laughs> in the course of this story, man, just like from the backyard. Obviously, I mean, the backyard. You know, most backyarders' dream is to be on a legit show one day. Just you know, whatever it is, or like wrestle in front of thousands of people. I mean, you fucking did the thing, man. I, I never wanted to wrestle outside of PWR. That's I, crazy. I was like, there's no, there's no way. There's yeah. absolutely no way. But then, like, I got to a point where, like, I was, I was, like, in the gym, and I was training with, with JoJo constantly, mm -hmm. and I was, like, making pizza, and I was like, this is, like, this started as kind of a joke, but now I'm literally, like, yeah. just a pizza chef wrestler. Like, it started to become a real thing. Wow. And so I started to get more confident, and, like, so I got more comfortable, and um, I definitely sucked a lot. <laughs> as we all do. But, yeah. um, like I was saying, uh, people in Texas, like, really seemed to want to, like, see me succeed. And as far as, like, my experience with, like, locker rooms and like dealing with people and wrestling like it's been crazily good that's so awesome yeah like hear, like, like like you know people be like oh watch watch out for watch out for this guy or this situation it's like everyone just like treats me really well and like <laughs> i like just i feel like i don't i'm kind of like this this sarcastic little guy but like everybody has been really cool and um particularly um a couple People have really like um, helped me out by like, uh, yeah. you know, helping me wrestle in a way where they're not compromising themselves. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing what they do, but they're also like trying to like get me to like come along with them. And like I really have appreciated that. But so yeah, after slowly building the confidence and getting on more of these more of these shows. And it's funny because like um, one of my very first matches for PWR in the backyard mm -hmm. was I was sorry was luigi i'm talking about luigi luigi yeah. beat somebody and then they topped them like a pizza yeah Let's fast forward like you know five years or something of training and shows and doing indies and the show that like i break out in more or less i mean not break out it like to where like people know about me on a regional level i guess yeah, was, yeah. like was in a match where you know i topped on like a pizza so i basically did this <laughs> circle yeah. but like but um <laughs> I couldn't have just jumped right into it because uh, I had to like learn the the style mm. and um, also, yeah, massive props to to Greg Iron for that match. Of course, was... man, dude, he's fantastic. Like, I I've had one match with him, and yeah, it's probably one of the most like fun. He's yeah, he's interesting. He's pretty. F he's fast. 
Oh yeah, he can move for sure. He's like a, he's like a JoJo. Yeah. He's a, he's a guy that just gets it, you know. Yeah. And very few people can match that. And but yeah, dude, definitely like I. What a journey! What a journey, bro. But like, yeah, now now it's like I, it's just like I really just kind of enjoy the opportunity to like mm-hmm. go to go to the shows and yeah. like see the see some of the guys. Of course. And um, I mean, what, pandemic aside, right? Like what? Where, what's next for Luigi Primo, Chris Monica? Like, what, what's what's up with it? So, do you have any plans going? Yeah, as far as like me, Chris, I'm gonna try and get PWR out of the mothballs in mm-hmm. the next like three to six months, of course, and start. We're like trying to say September, awesome. Or like, I don't know what form that show is gonna be in. I don't know if it's gonna be a thing where it's like reserve your bubble pods today. Right, something safe and responsible. Recycled air. Like, I don't know if it's going to be something like that or else, or if that time, like, the CDC is going to say, like, hey, we're good and just, like, go nuts. But that's what we're shooting for. And getting there is going to be, like, we're going to have to get everyone back trained up. We're going to have to um, sort of touch up the decorations because they've been sitting for a year. Yeah. And, like, um, just get everything going. So that's that's what I'm going to be focusing on as well as the next – Guide in that the, the taped no audience show is going to air on May eighth at seven thirty on Party World on Twitch TV slash Party World Wrestling. Um, as far as Luigi, Luigi is wrestling. Uh, I don't know if this is going to come out by this. By the, well, <laughs> but I don't know if it's going to come out by this. But uh, this weekend, which is the twenty fourth of April, at FitCon, and then that night at MPX, and then. Um, don't know what is happening after that but uh definitely stay tuned to like heavy metal wrestling and course, inspire IWTV, inspire Pro. yeah and um rcw will be back in june let's touch on that really fast because i really wanted okay, to sure. touch on that the inspire former inspire pro champion luigi primo luigi right. primo man the that's lo- i believe it's the longest wild. the longest reigning technically inspire right pro champion. yeah, <laughs> yeah. from with, coming with one title defense dude like is that something you ever thought would be like a thing because it's like, pretty it's pretty it's pretty surreal <laughs> hey nicole hi you're good um, oh, you're completely fine. It's it's cool. I'll tell you that. We're I gonna know, leave it in. I know that. <laughs> I know. I know. Winning that title cost Luigi. I know it cost him a rib. What do you mean? <laughs> Explain. Explain. Um, I know that uh, one of his ribs got pretty busted that match. Oh sh- Oh, like an actual rib. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a rib. Like, oh, so hey, that, brother, that, was like pulling no, jokes no, no, no. around oh, here. Oh no, I mean like the bone rib. Oh so that, my that was a hard. Goodness. That was a hard fought belt. Uh, against your trainer. Yeah. Yep. Love it, man. Anything that sticks out on the... Uh, <laughs> oh, crap. Do we have any I'm fine. glasses? I'm fine. No, I'm good. Thank you very much, Nicole. Do you, do you want to plug anything on this show? I already screamed in the background. <laughs> like, screaming, Hobags, get out. So, like... Nice. Uh, That's amazing. Fourth Tap loves you. There you go. Fourth Tap loves you. First, folks. Well, <laughs> it's official. It's official. Um, but yeah, and then there was defense against Ryan Davidson and Veda. And um, oh, that was like a multi man, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doggy wrestling, fucking top dogs, man. Yeah, it's. Um, I 
it's uh I'm glad people I'm trying to get you to go to back and like reminisce and smell the roses, man. I don't, do you do that a lot, or do you be like, you know? It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like like I know in the in the match that I won in order to get my title shot. I think was um was like I think it was it was Tony Deppen. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Cole was in the match, and um, I think Veda Scott might have been in that match right. too, and. Was Greg in that match? I, no, was I massive. No, no, was that no, the no. massive I, I think match? It was, no, 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 no. You're rest in peace. Match. Yeah, rest in peace. Holy Good lord, crap. man! But uh, but yeah, like four. But yeah, that was like a four. So that was cool that I got to like I got to work with like, you know, Tony Deppin and Veda and, um, then like, with uh, <laughs> with Ryan for the defense. That was yeah. It's it's good stuff and like that. I just like. I try not to overthink things and I try not to like stress out, but I just like, I want the potential to be as good as like, I want it to be as good as the the potential is, you know, cause a lot yeah. of cause people, cause people want it to be good mm-hmm. and they want it to be there. So I just, you know, I'm just trying to be there and just give, give it my all. Here's my weird fucked up philosophy on it. If I may, man, just, there is that aspect of it, like people. There's expectation, like, oh, they, this ne- match needs to be like really fucking good, right? Because mm-hmm. it is a championship mm-hmm. match, which I get. But the pop when you won the fucking title, for sure, deafening. Like people, like standing ovation. Well, like everybody <laughs> stood up and was like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, <laughs> like it was a dude. Come yeah. on, people work their entire careers <laughs> like there's a real famous famous jobber from beyond the mat right that's like a i'm not book terry you know what i mean like 30 years legendary dennis <laughs> legendary <Stamp. laughs> wait say his name again legendary dennis stamp not book dennis man yeah he, he actually he actually got to to get a pretty huge pop in a match with greg iron see what i mean and, um, and grado no shit yeah like like a before uh maybe like a year before he passed or something so like 30 years to get that pop yeah. right 40 yeah, it's, maybe it's, and uh, it took you six right like, well, Jesus. It, it's, <laughs> some, it's something that i'm grateful for and like i said especially am grateful for the you know because people like they they look at the luigi gimmick and they're like you know he's part of like this new school of like people who like mm-hmm. think it's all a joke maybe and like you know i don't apologize i won't apologize for anything of course as not. far as, as like as far as like doing my thing or like making jokes and stuff mm-hmm. but like I'm just like constantly grateful for the people who have like been doing wrestling for like a long time and who have like, you know, kind of been in these insane situations and Mm -hmm. blazed this trail so that, you know, I can come in and just be this like weird man and like get the chance to like, because, and like be in this situation where I have this stage. Cause I mean, I've, I've been like performing for like, a long 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 time so i'm mm-hmm. so i'm like really comfortable in my ability as a performer but like that doesn't necessarily mean i'm like good at wrestling or deserve to be in wrestling so it's like i'm very thankful that i've had the opportunity ba- because of the people who have like helped me both my friends in pwr who have like lifted me up and we've like helped each other grow and like my trainer mm-hmm. and like the people in texas wrestling who have like just you know, just been cool and like believed in the gimmick and like mm-hmm. believed in like uh believed in like in like me, even though sometimes I feel like I just like I didn't understand why because I was like doing a real <laughs> bad job. But like yeah. um but yeah, so it's but it's um 
you know, it's it's always tough. You know that. Of course, it's, yeah. But, but like, it's it's like super fun, and it's like yeah, it's getting it's getting more fun. And I know like, I know there's like a um, an expiration tag, mm-hmm. and I know it's like probably sooner than I think. I mean, it's not like soon soon, but it's like, you know, I'm not like I said, I'm not a young guy, so right. like, I don't have a whole lot of time. But it's like I'm definitely gonna try and enjoy the time I have the most I can. Well, fuck yeah, man. Let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Anything you want to plug? Check out uh, Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash partyworldwrestling on May 8th for Party World Wrestling presents PWR Guide N 5th Cigar Egg is Raw. It's an <laughs> egg-themed show. That's it. It's just eggs. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, where can we find and you on oh, social media? And Luigi is going to face Pizza Patron. Pizza Patron, yeah, his old newest, friend, Mark his Champion, newest, uh, his newest rival. I love it, man. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm at at Hex Crusher on Twitter. If you want to check out Luigi Primo, who is a different guy, that's <laughs> at Best Pizza Chef on Twitter. And uh, you can check out Party World Wrestling on Facebook or at Party Death Cult, spelled with a K. On uh, on Twitter for Party okay. World Where Wrestling. can we get uh, Hex Crusher music, man? Oh yeah, uh, let's see. I think it's hashtag Hex Crusher Bandcamp. Oh sick. Yeah, oh, I put yeah. out an album of like electronic music fairly recently, so you can check that out. And I gotta it's change it. Fantastic. To pay. By Thank the way. you. I gotta yeah. change it to pay what you want, so people can just download it. I, for a while, I think I was it was like five bucks because yeah, you could because like you had there was like the CD somewhere you could buy, but I gotta change it now. Oh fuck it, man. But hey, man. On a personal note, dude, thank you so much. Thank uh, PWR. Honestly, for like when I when I first came in to it, um, not that I'm a big part of it, but just like you guys always kind of welcome me with open arms, man. So I, I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You've, you've always been a great uh, person to have around, and like um, yeah. Likewise, when I came to Anarchy, you were like one of the people who was like very cool and <laughs> helped me feel welcome there. So it was probably really that. really high. <laughs> Anarchy was crazy, but no, but yeah, I, I, man, I've always had this deep respect for you. I've always loved people.